And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to, I don't call it pre-draft edition of the Warriors you Plus. You about the draft, by the way. I know. Later got one in. Is that a setup, by the way? Like, to put this on the day where we were supposed to talk about the draft so we don't ask about the draft? I don't know. Felt a little contrived. <laughs> oh, I what, guess. What, 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 the draft's not controversial. It's just, it was weird. The whole thing was weird. Well, yeah. And the only thing I asked, like, are you actually going to use the damn pick? <laughs> like, you know, for another young guy. We can get to that. Um, but, yes, this is obviously Mike Dunleavy Jr.'s introductory press conference. Joe Lacob uh, ropes himself in. Second press conference in, uh, you know, a month. Joe Lacob was in saying interesting stuff. I just, I don't know. We did this in... Was it this exact same room, or it was a room like it uh, in Chase Center a, a few weeks Bunker ago? Sweet baby. But you know what was your you know initial takeaway um, of, of the Dunleavy press conference? First one. He's a he's a little more like understated or monotone than he is in person, right? He, he had his uh, I'm speaking to a crowd voice. It was a little you know coming off Bob, who like can can work a room a bit. Mm-hmm. Like Dunleavy was kind of like. Like, hey man, you don't talk like this in person. What's going on? Pick first, it up. This is first one. This is first one. <laughs> it was just, it was a little like, you know. I think there were some nerves early yeah, on. Yeah, I think yeah. he really voice caught it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he eased into it, but who was nervous? I was early? just like, yeah, it was just weird to see Mike switch into yeah. this. Oh, like, oh, you're, this is your GM voice now. But uh, he was su- not surprisingly, but you could see the rapport he had with Lakeup. Like you, that that's the part that jumped out to me. Like, oh, they got a little, and it makes sense. He's been here for five years. Like Joe likes him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could tell that. Like when T, when TK asked him, like, you getting the calls? He's like, man, what you? I've been calling him. Like, they knew they knew what was coming down the pike, and there was some preparation for it. But I, I was wondering about how that would work out with him and Joe. And he seems like he definitely understands what he's getting into, but it feels like they got a bit of a rapport, almost as if Bob was saying. Hey, you handle some of this. You you take on some you don't of these. Think Bob, ha- this is this isn't just the last few weeks. Thing. No, I think no, it's something Bob's that. Like, listen, yeah. man. <laughs> hey, Mike. Mike can answer that question for you. Bob's you? not picking up again, Mike. I've got something. <laughs> what do you say about Detroit? Like, what are they doing? What's yeah. this? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I don't know that Dunleavy's been getting a lot of the Joe calls, but I think he's certainly watched Bob get the calls, and he's certainly been preparing Bob for the call. You know, what are the two personalities in the Warriors? You have to be, in, and Bob brought them up himself in his goodbye presser. It was Joe Lacob and Draymond Green. And I think Dunleavy is probably prepared. Steph, too, but we know Steph isn't somebody you have to, you know, it's not. I mean, Steph he even said it tonight. He's like, Steph would call me more often. <laughs> yeah, like, like, please, Steph. Steph's like doing other things right now. But 
I th- yeah, I think Don Levy was, it was interesting. It's like, you know, he knew the, the energy with Bob. He, you know, he knows most of the media. That's part of why they did this is because he's aware of the situation. He's not hiring somebody from the outside. It's like, wait a minute now, Joel Egg was going to dominate this press conference. Like that, that is not going to be part of the, the, the Dunleavy dynamic. We'll, we'll see how he is. I think he's going to be, like everyone thinks of Bob as his behind the scenes guy. We all know Bob. Bob was a pretty strong personality. Bob let his opinions be known. Uh, I think Dunleavy is going to be, you know, the measured is the word. I guess he used to Joe. Joe repeated it. He kind of was like that as a player. Marcus, you kind of remember too. Like he always, you always knew he was thinking about things. Sometimes he would pop off, but he really wasn't. Like you never thought it was bam, 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 back and forth with, with Dunleavy. And I don't know that he's going to do that publicly. I think privately he will. But like he's, there's a lot of background, right? The number three overall pick all the years at Duke. Times early early career with the Warriors, were, which didn't go real well. He didn't love his coach. It was Musselman was his coach. It didn't go well. Um, Mullen loved him when he took over, but then he get trades him, and then he you know has a nice career you know kind of rejuvenation and, and he just all you know played a long time in the NBA, fifteen years. You know, all so that's these, huge. Yeah, all these things. Yeah, and the Warriors part of his career was just a small slice of that. The small first part, which we all know, like a, a player's like. First five years, I mean, we're talking about what age, like 22 to 26. No, he, was, no, he was like 19 or 20. Like, he came out after two years. Okay. So, um, like, this is – the worst part was a very early formative part of it. So just all these things are, I think, part of who he is. and makes him a little different than Myers, but but similar personalities. I think, I think all that was in view. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't you know clearly, you know, how you – interact with Joe is going to be huge. How you interact with Kirk Lacob is going to be huge. There's just going to be differences that he's not going to know until the moment. But he does have this battlefield experience. Yeah. Like when's the first time we all write about it? His first time he was really in the fray. When Kevin Durant's leaving, he and Bob are in a hotel room in New York and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do next. And that's when they figure out it's going to be a sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell. They do all these other things and Dunleavy's there. He's, and can you imagine how many times Joe was calling Bob during that period? Joe was in L.A., Trying to, you know, doing the D'Angelo Russell thing. Like, these are all things that Dunleavy's there. I just think we saw the familiarity he has with the environment. Now we'll see how he reacts within that. I mean, again, we've mentioned him. He's kind of been the GM in a lot of, like, day-to-day groundwork ways for the last year, probably, you would say. Uh, I would say the takeaway I took, um, he's making it clear, Joe Lacob is making it clear, Mike Dunleavy is the top guy in charge, where obviously... You know, there's been questions of how much Kirk Lakeup will or won't be elevated. Um, Joe Lakeup, in his, you know, his first, wasn't even a question. It was like his opening statement was like, "No other title changes." Just wanted to get that out there. He reiterated that to me quite strongly afterwards. Yeah. By the way, no title changes. No yeah. pre- There's going to be no president of basketball operation. Yeah, that title's gone. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I mean, he basically is like he is the new Bob. Essentially, like he has the same power that Bob had from a you know personnel you know final stamp at the end of the day. Now we know how opinionated Joe will be. We know how big their front office is and flushed out. And you know, Larry Harris will be is is running a lot of the draft. But I mean, did you feel like that was pretty definitive? Like, hey, like Mike Dunleavy is our lead and top decision maker. Yeah, and cheaper. Which is why no title change, because that, that title stuff is about yeah. the money, right? So maybe... He, he mentioned that about Bob, right? He's like, really? I mean, he's was doing the same thing. It's just about compensation. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> eventually when he when he rolls up, right, he'll get a title yeah. change. That's, that title is about money. I'm still interested in how it works. You know, obviously they collaborate. Uh I don't think, even though there won't be a title change, there's going to be some role changes. I do feel like Kirk is going to be in, in the mix more. 
But, you know, the draft is the time where probably the most disagreement happens, right? Like, yeah. it's the time where... Or, like, free agency trade uh, you yeah. know, calls right now. All that. Yeah, it's just like, this is the time where it's most like you need somebody to make a call. Mm-hmm. And the question is, who will that be? And what happens when it's Dunleavy against Joe in that situation, right? Like, that, that to it's me unknowable. is got to be... Unknowable. It's unknowable. Like, you just got to see how it is. Does he just... Does he just concede because he's doing the job? Does he, does he work it like Bob and maybe just keep talking to Joe? Like, is Kirk in it? Like, I always feel like I feel like Kirk would be like, "Listen, man, I don't know this for sure, but Kirk strikes me as the one who'd be like, Mike, I'm gonna help you with my dad. Like, oh, no <laughs> like I got you. Yeah, no we, we we're gonna do this, right? So even though there's no title changes, I do feel like there's gonna be some role changes, but they haven't added a lot of bodies, right? So. There aren't that many people in the room like before, so maybe that helps. Like, who's the dissension? Who's the voice yeah, of no dissension? No Jerry West, no Travis Schlenk. Like, those were the guys who used to, like, have the standing to say, no, 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 we cannot do this. They're, those guys are no – they haven't had them. Well, they yeah. haven't had them for, you know, for, like, the big-time guys disagreeing for, for a while. But What's Bob interesting, was, Mike, was br- Mike was brought in kind of in, like, the Schlenk-West the, the Schlenk yeah. role. Now, I don't, again, it's different personalities, but it's kind of what Mike was supposed to be, right? Yeah, I guess so. But also Mike's my Bob's buddy. So, like, you know, I don't know how much dissension he was going to have with Bob. I always interpreted that Bob just kind of synthesized it all himself. Like, he kind of brought up the pros and cons because he was good enough, he's smart enough to do that, kind of draw up two sides and say, let's argue this side, let's argue this side, let's come to the middle. One thing I thought was interesting is he brought up the Jordan, Jordan Poole. I asked him specifically, it's Dunleavy, mm-hmm. and we know, you know you've quoted him you know, in the past of being a big Jordan Poole supporter. Yeah, he sounds like a Jordan Poole supporter. We, thought, we signed up for a four-year contract, and we were going to have him on the team for a whole time. For least. four years at least. At least. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, at I, don't, least. I don't think that's a complete, like, this is the only way they're going to go, but I think that's the way he intends to go. Yeah, like, that's why you throw the players out that people right impressors just to see what the response is going to yeah. be. And the Jordan Poole thing was strong. Like that it was is stronger than the Kamiga one. Yes, right? no like question. That. Well, that's like, like, Which, by up, the like way, so it's like the Jordan Poole contract. Your contract, like that's like kind of. And you know, Joel hates that, but I think we <laughs> yes, can. I think we can pretty well decide that Dunleavy was all in on that contract when they gave it to Jordan Poole last year. Yeah, and all in on the pick. I mean, it's not anything we haven't reported before, but like Mike Dunleavy is, has been, is, and remains a Jordan Poole supporter. Uh, you know, and he also through the whole process. It also sounded like he was like, "Hey, these young guys should be playing." <laughs> <laughs> it's not, that doesn't make him alone. The Warriors run off. No, it doesn't. No, but it was just like, yeah. well, he basically, yeah, I was one of the people who's like, time. they should play more. Yeah, they're like, about we that. Time. Figure out how he should play more. Yeah, yeah and I was, I would back up that sentiment <laughs> during the season that there was some of that. Um, and I'd say, um, he. He did mention, though, when I asked about the draft pick and, you know, can they add, he was like, you know, maybe we had overloaded the roster a little bit too much with the youth. I am curious. Like, Thursday's decision is will be a first hint about where this is going. Do they trade out of it? Do they make a bigger trade that includes some of their players? Do they draft, you know, hey, they just love this long, rangy project wing and they're just going to add another, you know, Patrick Baldwin 2.0? Or do they go get... You know, is he 23 or is yeah. he 20? Do they go get Chris Murray or Jaime Jaquez because, like, you know, Steve Kerr thinks he can plan him for 20 minutes? Uh, I think that's 19 is a good spot for that. Yeah. Like, I think all the projects are going to go, like, 
five through eleven. You know the kinds that they got. You know, or the second rounders who are the real projects. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, like, I just think nineteens where you're gonna get those. Hakez is a guy who might be there at nineteen. He'll be there. You know, they're gonna be. I think Lively was a guy they were interested in, but he might. I think he pulled out of that workout, so he might go higher. And and I can see. He's why. also a, like he's a defensive minded center with a limited offensive game. Like they do kind of need yeah, think, more big yeah, bodies. Yeah, but. I think and again, you know. At this point, they need rotation players. Yeah. That's just what they need, rotation players. And um, I think they, at 19, they, it's a good draft for that. It just it's like a, a lot of those guys like, are going to fall in that little general area. And I think they probably stick at 19. They probably draft one of those guys. The Indiana guard, I've been, what's it, Sh- Schiffen, uh, uh, Hood Scafina. Hood Scafina. Like that's, he's a big guard. He may have played himself higher than, yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah, above. Like, he feels low now. Yeah. 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 I mean, one of those guys who you, you think can play right away, which they have not drafted, that hasn't been the way they've gone. I just think at 19, that might be, you know, someone who can, might, might even jump ahead of Patrick Ball. I hate to say this, my guy Patrick Ball, but they do need someone. Who's jump more, ahead of Ryan Rawls. Yeah, so they knew, do need someone who's ahead of those guys. They need, yeah. because they're going to lose, you know, DiVincenzo, and not bring him back, you know, uh, you know, of various other guys who are at the end of the rotation. They just need guys who are going to like play eight, nine, ten role, mm-hmm. and it, you can't draft a project and go, Steve Kerr, this is your eight, nine, ten. That's not happening. We've seen we've seen it happen with very talented guys. That, you know, Moody's like their sixth six man now, like seventh mm-hmm. man. They need someone behind Moody, so I can see that at nineteen. Hawkes is just the guy I throw out there because that's he does. Fit. I, I took him in the beat writer mock oh, draft, uh, which. It's a reach at 19. It is. You could probably trade back, honestly, to like 26. They've done well and... with lower first-round UCLA big men picks in this, in this era. They've I'll... done pretty well with that. True, but, you know, Looney, it took about yeah, three or four they years. Need more, they need a little quicker than Looney. Dude. Yes. Um, Marcus, any, do you have any dra- overall draft thoughts? No, I'm, I'm just really getting into it. Uh, I'm, you know... We got two days for the draft. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just, I just, my, my, I, I just don't see them picking a nineteen-year-old. Right? It's going to be somebody who played three years of college ball, who Steve will believe in because that was a, I mean, as trauma go in basketball parlance, that was a traumatic experience for the front office. Watching Steve just, <laughs> just pitch their guy. I don't think they're going to just sign up and, and do that again because you still got to figure out how to get. PBJ in the mix, and what does that mean for Ryan Rollins? Uh, so one of the what I I will say one of the points that's been made to me and Tim Tim kind of alluded to it there is you, you don't you don't draft older prospects at two at seven at fourteen right that's that was the time to you know go big go, yeah, hunting big. obviously they missed on two pretty bad um, but. This it, it's more reasonable to just go try to get a plug and play guy, but there is a horror story in their recent past. Remember the last draft? They were like, "Go get somebody who can help this title team win." Now, what Jacob was his name? Evans. Jacob Evans they at twenty. Don't want to do that. Don't want to do so that. So that's still yeah. like, you know, that's a concern that I still does think think lives in that front office. Like, what if you go get? A, oh, this guy can kind of help in this way and that way, and then he gets on the court and it's like, oh, he's not really helping now, and there's really not much upside. It's yep. just like, oh, that was a swing and a miss that yep. you know right away. Eric Pascal as a first-rounder. Like, that's what we were looking at. Duarte would have been that pick. But see, Duarte would help this team, I mean, in, in a limited way. He had a bad second season. Yeah, no, Duarte, he, would, he wouldn't be a star. But, again, you could have taken – I mean, it, it just didn't fall where they could have taken him. But that's what we're looking at, a Duarte kind of player, and a Duarte kind of player could really help them. And at 19, you're not getting a superstar. Obviously, obviously – 
Dunley was it's asked about be, about. It's, it's gonna be Keegan's brother. That's what's gonna be. Yeah, Does Chris Murray it, make yeah. it to nineteen? Half is good. It would be not a terrible pick. Um, Mid size combo forward. That's exactly what they need, right? I mean, that's exactly what they need. Um, Draymond question was brought up many times. Were you guys getting feel for any sense of what the Dunleavy mood was on Draymond? Or Joe was asked about it too. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's obviously this is like leverage time in the NBA, you know, all the the weeks leading up to July 1st. And Draymond quite clearly, understandably, wants a multi-year deal. Um, and the Warriors are interested in giving him a multi-year deal. Him opting out or at least, you know, particularly through Rich Paul and, and you know, saying to our Shams um, that he's he is opting out. And this is, you know, June 29th is still a ways away. Signals to me, at least, hints to me that he believes and is being signaled that there's a market out there for him at or near 27 million, right? I mean, you wouldn't. Or, or three years at starting maybe a little lower and going up. Like, that's like, like there's, well, good, there's a three year deal out there. Yes. Let's put it that way. There's a three year deal out there. Yes. And that would signal to me, okay, he believes he has ammo for leverage. And then now I would say the next few weeks there's, is, is the Warriors and him finding a, you know, reasonable price point that they're both okay with with the pot sure the possibility that you know maybe maybe there is a split but you know they want him back i think that's been that's been made clear the last few months really i think it's negotiation now and it's what that number is you know they can make some moves to lower that number elsewhere so they can pay Draymond. If you go 27, 30, 33, Draymond signed it with the Warriors. I mean, I don't think there's a question about that. It's a matter if they want to go down to 24, 27, 30. Like, you know, it's where and that how number willing starts. he is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if he's got 27 out there, I don't know where 27 comes from. Houston, like, there's not, not that many teams you can go, man, they're just going to use their cap space for him. Because I, cause I keep saying the player cannot force a sign and trade. Like, that's, I remember the whole Iguodala thing. He's going to force a sign and trade to, you know, like, you can't do that. The other, the, the current team has to be part of that. Hard for me to see that if he wants to come back, and I think he and he's said multiple times. So we'll see where that number ends up. I don't think talking to someone after the press or you guys know who it was, but I'm not gonna say. Um, they don't seem that alarmed by where the numbers are right now. Now I said I doesn't look like it does look like you got to make some moves, 
person said they weren't. There doesn't seem that alarming. So we'll see. I mean, maybe they can bring Jim back at very similar numbers and just add two more years. I would have thought they would have had to go a little bit lower. We'll see where that number ends up. Marcus, your two weeks out read on Draymond. Uh, yeah, Draymond knows he can get some money somewhere. Because <laughs> you're not announcing today yeah. through no, Rich Paul. He and... knows he can get some money somewhere. I also don't think it was a coincidence that he did it on the day Mike Dunleavy's <laughs> <laughs> press conference is happening, right? Like, uh, like, hey, man, and order number one on your job is signing me. So I, I don't think that changes much of anything. I think it was probably expected that Draymond would opt out. But it just means all right. He's got market. He's got yeah. yeah. He, he's somebody out there. Three year deal. I mean, I could yeah. three year deal for Draymond isn't isn't crazy. It's just what the number is going to be, what the Warriors can accept, uh, and what they might have to do if the number's a little bit higher. Uh, there's a lot of things going on, but man, I think this is the year to get the money because we know next year is when the CBA real harsh penalties start kicking in. I think Phoenix tried to jump ahead of that with their deal, obviously to to bring in Bradley Beal. <laughs> They're locked now. They're locked. This is it. Uh, that was brought up by a few people at the press conference today. Uh, not maybe at the podium, but, um, you know, Draymond, there's going to be some money for Draymond. We'll see what it is. I don't think it's going to be crazy money, but I think there's going to be money out there. And I think, you know, likelihood is the Warriors know what that number is. And it's just how how they fit it in and what other things they have to do if they do fit him in with and, it. And how much hardball they can maybe play on him. To like, we know where he wants to be, right? He wants to be with Steph. I mean, it's like pretty easy right there. Now, I was saying Myers might not walk away from Steph, and he did, but I really don't think if all things being equal or even close to equal, Draymond's leaving Steph. And, you know, do you just go for the dollar after all that he's preached, all that the Warriors have done? Probably not, but it has to be in the same ballpark. It has to be, it has to make sense. And he didn't hire Clutch because he was just going to roll over for the Warriors, right? That was not going to be the case. So we'll see. It's just what, what, where, where the number works. And that's what the next few weeks are about. The thing he knows, though, is that if they don't sign him, it's like a plan killer. I mean, you just take this massive piece out with no real way to replace it. Suddenly, like... Kaminga's elevated <laughs> and like it is feels a little bit more youth movement y and, yeah. and suddenly Mike Dunleavy's phone is getting lit up by Steph Curry a little bit more than <laughs> like are you aren't golfing today? No way you are you calling me again? Patrick Ball was a back of four. What are we doing here? Yeah. That's the thing that that I think Draymond knows. Like you know, trading him is one thing, but that's off the table if he's a, a free agent. So Well, I mean Draymond, like uh, it's just interesting because you know, let's take Steve Kerr's exit interview, for example. He is coming on and letting the world know, hey, when Draymond Green punched our, you know, young guard, he ruined our season. But then, so it's like, oh, that's not great leverage for Draymond. But then he's also like, hey, if we lose Draymond, we're no longer championship contenders. It's like, oh, that's pretty good leverage for him. It's, I mean, it's the dichotomy that Draymond's always had. But at the end of the day, Draymond knows who Joe Lacob is and what this organization wants to do and who Steph is. It's like, they got to win. Steve Kerr, I'll rope him in too, like, they really, really want to win next year, and they're all saying we cannot win without Draymond Green. That's pretty good leverage. Yeah, because they don't. There's, there's no. They don't add any weapons no. if he leaves. They just lose their best defender, and 
they don't add another playmaker. They don't like. They, yeah, they, they'll try to convince themselves like the Kaminga minutes. Though. Yeah, he's yeah, ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, Kaminga, Moody, Patrick Baldwin. Those, those are the minutes. Yeah. Bring back Anthony Lamb. That that's well, that'll fix everything. Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome had a pretty good season. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan Windler. I don't know. I'm trying to find anybody. Yeah, I just saw him at the bottom of a Hollinger piece. I went, whoa. Uh, that, they they need to bring it back. Draymond knows it. We'll see what happens. Uh, I just don't see a lot of other things that they can do. You know, I mean, obviously, got to wait for him. There's just, I just see that clay contract is just that you play it out for a year and then they can make some moves. And I don't see a clay extension happening. I don't see either how it works. So that's when that really begins. You know, Curry's up in a year if he doesn't get re-signed. Curry's got another two years after that. Or whatever. Uh, I think he's got three left. Yeah. Three so he got two after that. So, you know, whatever. I just think the clay contract's the real one where they just might just say, okay, that's been great. Well, I will say this, having talked to, to them, like the clay contract is at least viewed as like it's, it is a clean break if needed. Yep. You know, it's something out there, especially, you know, because the big thing is the second apron penalties, but they don't kick in for the following season. So it's at least known that like there is a way – like the money will be lowered. Yes. On it's either lowered or, like you said, maybe just straight up wiped off the it's, book. It's something they know, barring all else, they don't have to do something to get underneath the apron. That number disappears if he goes away. If he's great, they will not want him to go away. But he's got to be great, and you but, know, you know, force their hand by having a monster well, season. They'll fine. take yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely, take that, and he hits free agency, and all things off the table. But they know that's there. That's why, like, some of this money stuff, and I've written about it, we've all written about it, it isn't the emergency this year. It's next year, and they have the 43 coming off. So that's a it, big thing to know. Especially, and I wanted to ask you about this, but uh, especially because Joe Lacob seems to be signaling a willingness to, to green light a bigger tax bill than we probably imagined he would this upcoming season. You can, I feel like... It's not like Joe ever like waxes and wanes with his competitiveness, but it does feel like maybe as the Bob Myers exit, he's being juiced up a little bit. Like they don't want to suck. I'll put it that way. He never does. He really doesn't want to suck this coming yes. season. And some of the numbers, you know, I'm try to be like careful about this, but some of the numbers where he's on the record about saying he cannot get to, I think they can get to. Not top out, right? We're not talking for fifty, but. I think there is, if they like Jordan Poole, and they do, like, that would, have been, that would have been the way out of this, right? And I've certainly written about it. You can trade Jordan Poole for a $5 million contract, and you're out of the second apron. But I don't sense that. They want it to be basketball. They want to win. And I think they've made a little calculation that they can keep it together. And that's the, the thing I've gotten from people as, in, ever since the end of the season. Like, yeah, hey, everybody's under contract. Everything's fine. Like, they, they're not that imperative to get a lower cap number tax number all these things isn't quite there that we've heard from joe in the past and that's i think myers i think that's steph putting it on him it's steph being incredible in game seven like all like if they had crapped out this season if they lose to the to the kings in game seven lose to the kings in game five might be different if they don't win two games against the lakers like that, they even mentioned, oh, we two two wins away from the Western Conference Finals. Like they get swept by the Lakers, a lot of different things. But I think they got Steve Kerr on one more year. Like the, I think a lot of things are playing, and they do not want to suck this season. And so the way to get out of it is either let Draymond go, which they do not want to do for Steph Curry and a lot of other things, or trade Jordan Poole, and that would not be a good basketball move. So 
they're probably headed towards more money committed this season than I think they signal. Like I think Joe's like said about the same three eighty. They are going to be over three eighty unless they do something. Unless Draymond leaves or something well, else I mean, happens, they're, they're going to be over three eighty. You know, every million Draymond either goes up or down yeah, is okay, is no is huge in this. The Wiseman trade was was good for them for that. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that got them out of a lot of money and. Like that gave them some wiggle room. Not a, you know, they still had to take the Peyton money, but I, I believe that, I, you know, I put the exact number out when it, it was I think it's, I think, well, seven million last year, but I think it's, it might have saved them thirty-one million in luxury tax for this upcoming season. I don't know. Um, where are you at overall off season? Just like, do you, if they do mostly just run this back, is that? Do you think that's a good plan, or are like, are you comfortable with that plan, or do you think they need to be looking at some like bigger swings? Oh, they definitely need to look at bigger swings, and they they're, they're yeah. they are. But. Like, I think their best their best feasible plan is to run it back and with a couple of additions. I mean, bottom line is they need to either Jordan Poole to be better or find somebody who's better than Jordan Poole, and it's probably more. You know, likely that Jordan Poole is better because it's going to be tough to find somebody. Well, especially because the value that Jordan Poole yes, currently has yeah, to get they, they're they're kind of backed into a corner. I mean, if you think about it, if they get somebody like that, player has to be good enough to break their starting lineup because nobody's coming here to come off the bench like that good, right? It's got to be somebody who's clearly a bench guy, and if you upgrade too much. There's one spot you can replace. Otherwise, you're categorically changing the entire thing. Like you're you're taking off a foundational piece. So they're I don't I don't think they have that many options. Uh, it's just the safer bet is to bank on Poole being better. Bank on Kaminga and Moody. Wiggins playing the full Wiggins season. playing a full season. Thirty seven Wiggins games yeah. last year. And adding and finding a way to replace Dante and add some size. Like to me, that's a more feasible plan. For first year, and G. part of the Dante replacement is Gary Payton now being back in yeah. the fold because uh, he was initially the Gary Payton replacement. Um, you know, Moody's got to be better, so I don't know. Here's one thing: like I've thrown out, could Trey would get you know Ananobi or whatever, but wouldn't Ananobi start? Like you mentioned, and then who's he starting That's for? That's what I'm saying. Clay Tom- he's starting for Clay Thompson. Yeah. That's what it is, and I don't think it's not happening. Yeah, <laughs> this is not happening. You know, that- the only person you could move is Looney. But you gotta like be he's worth it to like he's too valuable now. Oh, let me ask you guys, and this might you know to a lot of people feel blasphemous. What if you traded Clay? You yeah, know, it is an expiring I mean, forty three. It's a maneuverable like, piece. You, you get two you know, rotations. When Shams reporting that they were curious about Chris Paul, like would they have traded Clay for Chris Paul? Is that what it would have been? I don't know. I mean, none of us knows, but. Um, like I, I, I guess there's a way. You know, some team that just wants the expiring. I can't see them doing. It. I mean. I just can't see them telling Steph Curry that we traded Clay Thompson for That's nothing. Thing, how about how about fundamentally change? How about Mike Dunleavy doing that like a week into the job? Like, <laughs> yeah, Steph, uh, when you get a moment, can you give me a call quick? Uh, I, hope, I hope the game finish that round. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope, hope you're birdie number seven, but uh, we got a, a thing that we traded Clay Thompson for nothing, nothing. Man, that's what it would, oh, I would be. No, I mean, I would. I'm more talking about Clay for you know something. You well, know what I mean? What like somebody who can. Be the something fan or something well, like that. Well, Clay for Clay and, and nobody else. Clay for Pascal Siakam. Yeah, would Toronto just do that? I mean, A- add Kaminga. I, you know, I'm not saying like I'm just you know we're just yeah. floating stuff. Like I will yeah. say this: stuff is being floated right yeah, now yeah. in oh, that it's, front it's office all around. It's, it's just that time of year. We have to decide, like, yo, do yeah. we want to like severely 
shake it up, yeah. which brings with it its own question, right? But that's why otherwise you, you, it's marginal. You, you play it out because the forty three goes away. Like yeah. you want it to be an expiring contract too, yes, right? Yeah. You're not. You, there is a value in expiring. It's a value to them too. Mm-hmm. So uh, unless you, unless he resigns for less, and I don't think he's going to. That's why I, I don't think the trade in Wiggins, other than him being super valuable, he he resigned for Wiggins? less. He yeah. resigned for less though. Like he trusted you, and so he resigned for less. That I just don't know that you trade a person like that. And I don't think you would engage with Clay to do that if you're going to intend to trade him down the road. And they might. That's why I just don't think they're going to. I just don't think there's a, tr- a Clay extension there. They also aren't in a situation where it's good for them to trade six foot eight two way wings that. Do what he does, and his age. He's like the perfect age of exact. He is exactly what they don't have elsewhere. Athleticism, wing play, youth, you know, youth, like youth, but vet, you know, veteran youth. You would call it. Um, yeah, I don't know anything else on this Especially offseason. You're looking at what they got to beat, right? Like yeah. Denver's got like nine of those guys. It feels like <laughs> so you're gonna have to match up yeah. with them when you when you think about it. And you know, same with Phoenix. So I feel like Wiggins' value has increased. Yes. Looking at what so, they have to they do, they need to keep him. Yeah. I mean, as long as Steph's around, and probably even after Steph, I think Wiggins is part of this team. Just he's proven personality, proven player, two way. Like what it would only be saying when he's asked about what he like in Blair, both sides. both sides. And I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, you know, I thought he wasn't the greatest defensive player in the world. So I thought, like, oh, you know what, a guy who can pass it or a little bit around and be pretty efficient and you know really knowledgeable and now it's not to be impressed though with what they couldn't do. Like, sometimes. Know, well, let's sometimes. go through Steve Kerr at times. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Steve Kerr would hate Steve Kerr. Well, I'll just go from, you know, Chris Mullen didn't draft Dunleavy, but he was one of his favorite players, as we know. He loves him. He's, they're still tight. Chris Mullen does not believe you need defensive players. He just doesn't believe in it. Like, we've had this passionate argument, and he's made it with others, that he just believes you win with offense. And... I'm not sure, and he's tight with Dunleavy, and I don't think Dunleavy agrees with him. But I was kind of well, curious. Well, also traded Dunleavy for Steven Jackson, so I would say, <laughs> I would say, like Mike does, like really value the offensive side of the game and and where the game has moved to, the modernization of the game, and he's a big Jordan Poole guy. I mean, as, as we just saying. had a segment on, so I, I mean, that's why that's why I wonder. Uh, I was asking somebody about that after. And the person was like, well, Jordan Poole's just really good. That's, it doesn't tell you about his proclivities, about what he likes. He's just because just, just Jordan Poole is good. So we'll see. I said, well, we'll see in the draft. Like, you know, takes an all-offensive guy at 19, and we see, you know, if some interesting defensive player is there, you know, it would be a sign. These, these things are always tells, and we don't know for sure until they actually have to make the decision. All right. Well, we'll talk, I assume, Thursday. You guys coming to the draft? I'll be there. All right. Well, we will. Miller uh, and Lux Media Meal, by the way. Is, that's the rumor. Word. Yeah. Uh, I will be here. <laughs> I will be there. Man. Hey, I was like thinking. Marcus like, was there. Marcus goes, yeah, maybe. No. I was like, you know, who might the Kings draft? Like, the Kings <laughs> make a move? Should I go to second? Never mind. Wait I'm till coming. the Kings hear about Miller and Lux. They're going to up their game. Hey, they got some good steakhouses around Golden One. <laughs> Golden One got. Hey, some, uh, remember the Golden One Media Meal? Solid you were hyping it up. In the solid. Party. Solid. They did, like, Asian media meals. That's like, it's always going to be thumbs up from me. All right. Well, man, maybe the King, he'll be at Kings on Thursday, and I'll be at Warriors. <laughs> Where's Mike Brown going to be? That's where I'm going to be. Marcus will be at, in Denver, right? I will not. <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, did Marcus have the celebration parade? Was he there in Denver? Yeah. I think it was there. <laughs> He was uh, handing Mike Malone Hennessy bottles. Oh, my goodness. Mike Mike Malone. 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 Mike Mal
Oh, you don't uh, usually see a coach. You know, know, I turned up. I was talking to somebody like, who knew who was around in, when he was the assistant here. He goes, yeah, he's a really quiet guy back then. And I don't know. Like, oh, yeah, things, things might have changed a little bit. I'm like, well, he was had a little liquid courage that, uh, in that parade. All right. Yeah, uh, some brown liquid courage. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Do you see the DeAndre Jordan? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Well, we will uh, talk Thursday after whatever they do in the draft. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.